On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World wherever you get your podcasts. If they were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald. Oh, Fitzgerald is cutting back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll oh. through the legs, Rob Carney, out of Fitzgerald again, stamped and scored! Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. And this week, a very special guest, Leinster back row, Jack Conan. Great to have you in. And after a good weekend as well, great win for Leinster against Toulouse. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, great win on the weekend. I don't think... Uh I don't think we foresaw the scoreline that, that it ended up being, but uh, yeah, happy to get over the line and be into another final. Yeah, it was an interesting place, Leinster run going into the game. Like they probably You probably hadn't been able to run out your full team, maybe the Munster game before Christmas, the last time there was that many, I guess, frontliners playing in, in blue. I, obviously, you played with the Ireland team as well, but so made for an interesting preparation. Like, Was that something that maybe you were a bit worried about that you guys hadn't played together in so long? Um, I don't think we were worried about it. You know, I think we probably hadn't performed to the level that we would have liked over the, the previous months. Um, whether it was in Europe or or domestically in the, in, in the league but um, obviously having the likes of Robbie come back the week before and Dev was absolutely huge because I think we missed them in, in the quarterfinal against Ulster uh, and obviously Johnny hadn't played for us since I think the end of December so you know he'd been a good while before he's back but I think out of everyone the likes of Johnny Yo is going to back him even with minimum kind of prep to come in and put it in performance um, so it was great to have those kind of big guns back for the, the biggest game of the year probably against the, the toughest opposi- opposition and uh, you know it was great to get the performance that we did considering those lads were you know probably slightly undercooked Yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because I mean there was a lot of talk about Leinster kind of being undercooked and I suppose Leo had maybe had said it, you know, it's like, you know, that old uh, faux pas of actually mentioning something. If you don't mm. mention it, like, it seems like it, it, like people, it can <laughs> kind of exist. be glossed over. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I suppose it was something that we in the media had kind of picked up on. So, uh, yeah, it was a very complete performance. I thought, and it's something I harp on about, and it'll be interesting, you're, you're perfectly placed, I think, to, to comment on this. But while, you know, it's great for, you know, to have Johnny back in the team, he is a leader there, uh, no doubt about that, and obviously world-class. I thought the pack was the difference. I thought the conditions were great, which allowed us to to play amongst each other a bit. I thought the interplay maybe was something that Leinster, maybe through chopping and changing the team a bit, guys not being around, whatever it was, they'd gone away from that a little bit. And I actually thought it was a big problem with Ireland as well. But uh, what did you think of that? I I thought that was where we got momentum. You seemed to get your hands on the ball in better positions particularly. But even the other guys, James Ryan passing out the back to Johnny Sexton or passing on to the other forward, 
is it something that you mentioned during the week or is it something that you kind of said, you know, we need to do a bit more of this to get momentum? Because the game flows, I think, for halfbacks a lot better when the forwards are going forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it probably goes back to just dominating the game line. And, you know, through the week we'd spoken about uh, the way that we'd beat them in the ODS, which was with real varied attack. We weren't just going around the corner. We won't just come back on short sides. You know, it was a bit of everything. We were picking and going from the base of the rook. If it was on, you know, building momentum. Lukey was sniping and going through gaps. You know, we, it was forever changing picture for them defensively. Obviously, they're an absolutely massive side. So we wanted to move, have a lot of moving parts. So, you know, they weren't comfortable. They had to make a lot of hole or fold decisions. So uh, just... Just to play heads up rugby, really. You know, if the if the hole is there, run it. You know, make sure our comms are good, and, uh, and you know, it, it's always just varied attack, and there's so many options for Lukey to pick. Uh, you know, work those lads hard around the corner at times, and and make them second guess themselves. And I think that was kind of we played on top of them so much on Sunday um, that even when I thought they got the ball, they looked quite tired at times. Yeah. And, and for such an explosive backline, you've seen some of the tries they've scored throughout the season. I think we really nullified their effect by bringing them through so many phases. Yeah, and that variation to talk about, that first try was a perfect showcase that you had like forwards doing tip on passes some of the offloading. I think Keane Heliano, Sean O'Brien, great offloads. James Lowe's finished. It was just a real complete team but, try. But you don't it? get the offloads, Will. You don't get, like, so everyone, sorry, it's a book bear mind. It's like, this offload thing it's like everyone's like oh Leicester stopped the you know Toulouse offloads or you know, their, their offloading game was on the offloading game it's dominating contact it's been in good positions before contact it's actually passing pre-contact that gives you those it's good lines of running off people like offloading is a product of good play it's not actually you don't go out to offload you go out to play well and the offload presents itself it really I don't know do you do you agree with that yeah. sorry it's just book bear in mind sorry I'm being really petty here but that's just I just listen to people talk about it all the time and I'm just like it's a byproduct of playing well do you agree with anything like that? Yeah, I do. I think it's a byproduct of running lines early, mm -hmm. um, dominating collisions again. I think you, if you're going backwards, you can't throw an offload because you're just on a, massively on the back foot. And I know a side like that being as physical as they were, if we knew that if we were taking the ball static and letting them come at us and being more reactive than proactive when we were on the ball, they were going to dominate us for 80 minutes because of their physicality. So I think it was just being smart and running holes early, those small little in-and-out passes, little plus and minus passes. You know, you see the likes of James Ryan, Keane Healy, you know, taking it to the line and pulling it back for Johnny and then releasing lads outside of that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I would agree with you when it comes to the offload. It's not something we looked at doing too much. It was just, you know, when it was on, making sure that we were carrying through the contact and, and, and make sure we weren't throwing 50-50s because we knew we did live off scraps. And what, what's the situation like in, in, in the Leinster back row at the moment? I know it's very, very, you know, you know losing the likes of, of, of a Dan Levy, Josh van der Flyer, who've just been so good the last two seasons. Um, you know, and obviously Shawnee coming back into the mix. Looks like he's hitting a bit of form just at the right time. Mm. Typical Sean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, you look like you were playing with a lot of confidence on the weekend. Was there any communication of that during the week amongst yourselves? You know, we really need a big one here. Obviously, you need a big one in those games. But was there anything that you changed? Were you, were you more conscious of trying to get on the ball, impacting the game a bit more? Was there any talk like that amongst yourselves about game um, plan or anything? You looked just so switched on to me, all three. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think... The, the, our back rowing, our back row. If we go well, you know, w with the personnel we have there, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough back row to beat. You know, um, mm. when Shawnee's rumbling forward and carrying the ball like he did, you, even that try that James Lowe sets up, you know, he carries the ball, throws the offload. Uh, a tough, tough back row to stop, and we're, we're on it for the day. So, you know, it was just micro chat about getting our detail earlier on in the week. Um, you know, what Shawnee's like uh, that small talk and barking at lads and just being hungry to carry the ball and, and you know keep on pushing each other. 
Um, obviously, it was tough lo- losing Reese, you know, the day or two yeah. before the game because you know his work, his workload, the work rate he gets through is you know second to none. He really drives the standards, I think, in the back row for kind of tackles made and carries. So for Farts to come in and I, in, in my eyes, I thought he was man of the match. Like he was incredible to yeah. you know to slot in at six, a position he hasn't played a lot of this year at all compared to last year. Now he, he was kind of the out and out six when when Reese was injured, um, but but he he was absolutely phenomenal and and he got to a mountain of work. So you know. Uh, Honor a day, I think when we're all firing, uh, it, it's a tough back row to beat. And you know, I think there's three very capable ball carriers who probably complement each other quite well. You know, you fire it, you controls the D a lot, and he, he, he holds a lot of weight defensively. And he, his micro chat is really, really good, and he gets people off the line. He's like a smart player. Do you, he is. Do you, do you, because you're not a young guy anymore, Re, like, as in you're you're in kind of coming into your prime now. But is he someone you've learned a lot of? I, I, you just hear it consistently from everyone else around the setup. Is he a guy you've learned of? Absolutely. I think he's one of those lads that works really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not that I saw he, that Scott Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why does put it Friday? Now he's actually giving out about Johnny said that today. Like, he was like, that's, I'm Johnny of all people to say that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he, he, to be fair to far, it's like. Uh, he loves just chatting, honestly. Sometimes it's too much like oh, yeah. he's just always on, always on, always talking. But it's not excessive in the point that I would have thought you two get on well then. Yeah, we do. We do get along very well. We do get along quite well. Um, but it's not it's not shouting. It, it's yeah. small chat to the lad inside and outside of you. Um, and I think he's really brought a different kind of facet into Lens Rugby since he's arrived. I think he's been an incredible import and I think he's performed to the highest level um, anytime he's been called upon, uh, whether it be off the bench in second row or in back row. And, you know, I think when he, he's in those wider challenges controlling the D, he gives everyone a lot of peace of mind, just come off the line uh, and put in big shots and bring line speed. And I think that's something we'd probably lacked throughout the season a good bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's something that, that he delivered massively on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And speaking of good imports, obviously James Lowe's influence the weekend was Ooh. huge again. What a player. As we tipped so last week. To, um, <laughs> but, you know, what have you made of, of the impact he's had? You know, and he's, he's such a great character as well. We had him in here. Like, what's he like in the dressing room as well? Oh, he's loud. Yeah, he's a good <laughs> character. He's a great he's a great bloke and he's, he's fitted in seamlessly, you know. And... Uh, Look, those finishes, even for the try that was disallowed, um, he's a lot of work to do there. You oh know, my God, uh, just three, like he just chucked him off. off yeah. unbe- but it was almost like a fair, like he's like he lifted him. In. Now I know he's not a huge guy, Colby, but he put Strong. in a few good tackles. He, oh man. yeah, absolutely. It was a great tackle on Sean Crone at one point. He smashed him. Yeah, like he is a strong operator. But James O just brushed him. He's powerful, man. Oh. Powerful, man. and even to catch that pass, like you know, mm. it wasn't exactly. Straight in the bread in the bread basket, yeah. like you know what I mean. That's a bit of work, and to bump him, sit him down, and finish it. And the first try job was incredible. Um, I, I think when he's on his day, he's, he's one of the best wingers around. You know, I hope he doesn't hear this. But, uh, <laughs> exactly, he, he's yeah. an absolute class act, and I think, I think he's been frustrated at probably the amount he's played throughout the season, and and I think you know he's little niggles at him and stuff, but. You know, he showed, showed his weight and gold there on Sunday, and, and I thought he was really the difference. A, a different kind of character to what we might be used to in Irish rugby as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, not overly conservative, he, he <laughs> loved, uh, which uh, is probably a bit different compared to other wingers around the place. But, uh, you know, he, he goes out there and he takes chances, uh, as you saw, even with that, that quick 22 he took. That was brilliant. You know, yeah, yeah. I, not a lot of wingers would have done that, I, I, I don't would think, have, you know. I would have shot the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, yeah. and it, it, I think it leads to, to Robbie's kick to the block down yeah, yeah, yeah. and then uh, you know the scrum so you know builds massive pressure not necessarily that it was 
the perfect picture and the mm. perfect time to do it, but it works out well. And 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 you know, you're 100 to you, you pick him to, to back him to do those things. He's one of those guys I thought who really contributed in like the, the just the smaller parts as well. Like so, we saw like obviously the finish was brilliant for the try. But like yourself, actually, I thought, um, and Keen Healy, uh, I thought on the weekend, James Ryan, another guy, like I thought you guys um, kind of consistently just got little ones over the game line. It makes all the difference for your playmakers. It just makes, and all your, like, so then Robbie Henshaw's getting the ball, going forward, Gary Ringrose, but James always one of those guys, the team can just, you can kind of just give him the ball and you know he's going to get a few yards extra for you. Like yourself, like James Ryan, like Keen Healy, like Tyke Furlong, there's, that's the strength of the Lancer team. It's why I think you're the most well positioned. I think to have a really good go at Saracens. I think they've been the best. Co- they, they have been probably the best team in the competition so far. Um, but I just think um, I, I called Lancer at the start of the year, and I just think that's that's why. But James O for me, that's that's a thing, Will. That I, that I was I've been really impressed with him by. I think Lancer can just give him the ball. And because you're forwards, there's times when the forwards are going through 30 or 40 phases, but he can you can give him the ball and it eases the pressure in the pack because the next one all around, like around the corner, you're not going backwards, you're going forward. And it just creates momentum for the team. So he was really great. It was good to see him back. As you said, it's been a difficult season. The red card in Munster, you know, just a few niggly injuries. He hasn't got a bit of momentum. And then you were thinking, geez, is he actually going to get a chance? Is because Jameson Gibson Park has kind of been on the, on the bench and you kind of pretty much have to pick for Scott Fardy because he's so good. So... Great to see him playing so well, Will. I was mm. glad we called it. Glad we called it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Lowe's one of those lads where I think you give it to him and there's nothing on. Mm. And as you said, he'll make an extra few yards. There was one stage in the weekend, uh, there was a kick. He failed that he played it to Rob and Rob to an offload to him and it, nothing was on. Mm. And I think he ends up taking the first contact and we're, you know, we're massively trying to work back and get to our first rope, but he beats him and then he makes another few yards and then he beats someone else. And it might only be five metres, but it's the difference of um, him carrying the ball and getting turned over because there's no one there to us securing the ball and him to play out of it on a, on a good platform. So I think he can just set us up so well and he gets those metres that no one else does. Mm-hmm. It's interesting just the way you recall that small moment in the game when we were just talking off air about the Leinster Toulouse game into Toulouse earlier this season you had a really you know clear picture of certain plays in the game like uh, is that just down to the preparation you're doing you're know, re-watching the tape afterwards or do you have like kind of a photographic memory for, for things like that? Um, you know that, that clip in particular we'd watched earlier today um, so that was kind of just fresh in my mind. But I think you always have little snippets of the game that, you, you know, you think back in the Toulouse, like, what what did we do well? What is What won is the game in the ODS, going back to that varied attack? What losses the game over there? You know, the indiscipline, the, 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 the first kickoff of the game, it, I think, goes lowy, and instead of sending it deep and sticking in the stands, uh, he goes long, they catch it and run it back and we're automatically under pressure and then give, I think we're off the off our feet at a ruck and they kick three within the first four minutes. So, you know, it's small things like that that the indiscipline that carried over from that first loss um, that bettered us on Sunday. And it's funny, it's a great question from Will because as a professional sports person, and I'm 100% convinced that this is across every sport. You hear there's a few freaks like LeBron James who just has these, you know, can picture everyone all, but, you have these, the, the moments that stand out to you, they're not always the ones that maybe stand out on television, mm. but they're ones where you get a big lift. Like, so lots of the game, I'm, I don't know, I'm sure I'm sure the game is like this for you, you, you as well. Lots of the game, particularly afterwards until you've watched it again, you've no recollection of, but then you have these really clear, concise pictures of, say, for example, I bet you you remembered that one where you were probably 
you know, blowing through your hole and you're running back and you see, oh, does it, you know, an offload goes to James and you're like, oh, it doesn't look like it's a good scenario. And you're like, oh, thank God he got an extra couple of meters. And you're, there's moments like that where I'm sure are really clear for you. Is that how you kind of, when you remember the game straight after? Because it's hard to explain to people who haven't played, I think, in a situation where there's like 40, 50,000 people, you can't hear yourself think. But that's how, whenever I talk to other pros or other people who've played sport, that's kind of how they remember. They remember a few snippets and they're really clear. But then there's lots of it, it's just a blur. Absolutely, uh, you, you know, especially when you're, you know, in the absolute depths of it and it's, mm. you're going through 20, 30 phases and it's, you know, the small, you know, a small knock on or something like that. And then you, you see it the next day, you're watching the video and you're like, Jesus, where the hell am I? Where my like? <laughs> and you're kind of, you're seeing it from a different point of view yeah, and you're yeah. seeing it from obviously like a, a good viewpoint looking down and seeing the whole pitch where all you're thinking in your head at the time is like, oh, Jesus, let survive. this ball go out, survive. survive. Yeah, make it through, you know, what am I doing? What's my next moment? What do I have to do to win the next moment? You know, get up off my feet, work hard. And it's th those, it's kind of that internal inner voice, that small chat that you're constantly having with yourself. And it's nearly like you're not even thinking about the game. You're At the moment, you're just thinking about your next action, what you have to do. So when you see something, are you looking back to the clips? You're like, what's going on here? What's like, where was I this time? And then you're like, oh, actually, that's when I was in the absolute depths of hell trying to <laughs> burst myself to get to that D1 at the Rook or, you know. But it, that's the training, Will. Like, that's the bit where you, you're training and you're trying to consistently have yourself in moments in training where you're just really tired. So you like training these really good habits. And you look back in the game, and it sounds like you're very similar to myself. You look back in the game and say, oh, that's, I should have done that there. And then you keep trying to train that in. And for someone like yourself, like are you are you that picky on your? Are you really harsh on yourself? I've I've, I've looked at a few interviews from you over the past, and I'm kind of saying, yeah, you look like you probably are a guy who's quite harsh on yourself after the game. Some people aren't. I know they aren't because you know you're the same. <laughs> that's I, that's not how I saw you play. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, you sound like a guy who's quite critical, like trying to get better, but like critical of your game. Yeah, um, I think it's a better way to be, isn't it? You know, mm. I think it, you're better having a. a, a Can you give yourself works. a backslap though? Ah. Uh, does it benefit you in the long run? Sometimes, I don't know. Oh, I depends, don't know. Like, depends on your view. I, sorry, I, I actually, I'm, I'm I'm, I want to, for me, I was really bad at it too, I think. Um, and it makes you, it can make you harsh, but it can make it really critical of yourself as well. Like, are you, it sounds like you could be like that as well. Yeah. But there's positives with it, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm very critical of myself. And I think, you know, my parents and my missus would definitely say it. And they would, you come off to me like, geez, you were great today. And you're like, was I? You know, was it good? Like, I was like, I could have worked harder. Do you harder. accentuate a big moment? A bad yeah, one? Yeah, like even on Sunday, you know, um, that the try that disallowed, I'm like, what, was I in the wrong there? Like, could I have just stepped half a foot to my right, knocked, not knocked into a tune, and we could have been underneath the sticks and it's only game over at half time. Mm. But yet, because I didn't think half a second earlier or work half, like a tiny bit harder, mm. have I in some way altered the outcome and made it harder on other people? Am I doing the utmost that I can to make it easier for other people? You know, when you look back in the click, uh, on the clips the next day, I'm always thinking to myself, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I walking there? Why am I working harder? But Why? the line's actually good. You're in yeah. a good position early. Like if, I actually reckon if you just put your hands up, if you put your hands up rather than dip in the shoulder ready for contact, I reckon you get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you should, like, if, so if you're there, like, and he, like, I actually think it was, if, if the, your man's line is quite, Gitoon's line is quite poor. Mm. Like, I actually think the referee bailed him out of that. I actually thought the only the only reason I would have given the penalty against you was because you didn't have your hands up and you were like, you're, you never look like you're going to catch it. Whereas if yeah. you did that, that's all I would have changed. Because I thought you were in a great position because yeah. you're wide and you're coming in slightly, yeah. which is perfect. Yeah. But I, 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 do you know what I have to say? Because I, 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 I want to let you flow, but... I love hearing that you're critical because I think it always I, I agree with you but I just it was interesting to hear you say that because I think 
it's how you get better. Yeah. Like, it's how you consistently get better. It's just whether you can actually say to yourself and be, like, after a game, so actually, do you know what? That was really good. Because yeah. you had loads of great... Like, are you, do you pat yourself on the back for those ones as uh, well? I think I'll pat myself on the back when I give a perfect 80-minute performance. Do you think it exists, though? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't exist. You know I mean? There's always something yeah. that you could have done yeah. to benefit the team, to make someone's job easier. Mm-hmm. and to have a better outcome, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, like I was saying, you know, you look at the clips and you're like, why am I walking there? Well, if I just, you know, get there mm-hmm. earlier, I could, you know, chat to the lads and we can get off the line a little bit harder and we could maybe, you know, make a hit a yard over the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the gain line or the defensive line a bit more and, you know, that can change the outcome. Or, you know, if I'm quicker into that space, maybe I get that turnover. Or maybe if I, you know, uh, I link up better, get my head up, I see the pass, you know, small things like that. So I think it's... Uh, I personally think it's better to be more self-critical and to think that you've done a worse job than you have because it'll drive you to be better. That's just the way I am. I think I always look back and think, oh, you know, I could have done this, I could have not. I, should have. I don't think I've ever finished a game and been like, nah, you're right, I, I couldn't have tackled more or I couldn't have tackled better or I couldn't have carried better. I always think the first thing I, because I always pride myself on my ball carrying ability and what I do when I put ball in hand. I think every time I come off a game, after a game, I'm just thinking to myself, I could have carried more. You know, I could have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I could have worked harder to get in a better position to, to carry more. And does that self-analysis start when you do the review with the team? Or does it start, like, that night? So, like, on Sunday Sunday night, would you have just been kind of thinking the whole time about moments? You, maybe not that one because you won the game, but say if it was a defeat, would you be thinking, would that be, like, play, preying on your mind the whole time? Or are you I able bet to con- you think about it when you win as Can well. you compartmentalise it well and just say, OK, on Monday morning we go again? Or is it immediately after? Oh no! It, it, win, lose, or draw. I think it's it's in your head. You're like, especially if you know you've had you've played. Especially you know you're going to do a meeting Monday morning. <laughs> exactly, and, <laughs> and you're, you're thinking in your head, I know I'm going to get called out for that. So I'm going to have to mentally prep. I'm feared up now from Saturday afternoon to Monday morning at nine o'clock, knowing that you know Stewart or Leo's going to be like, and what were you thinking there? And you're like, I wasn't. I was just wrecked, and I was thinking survive or something like that. You know. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Win, lose, or draw. I think it, it, it's always on your mind. Obviously, depends on the, 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 the what it is. Like you know, what I mean, if you, if you miss the massive tackle and you lose the game, that's a lot easier. Well, not a lot easier, but that's going to be preying your mind a bit more. But you know, if you, if you know you gave away a stupid penalty or something like that, so um, yeah, I'm pretty self-critical, and I think it's uh, it's helped me t- to improve as I've gone on. And and who do you talk to about your game still? Do you still have someone that you seek out, or is it just the coaches or? Um, um, probably, uh, yeah, like a small chat with the coaches the odd time. Um, I think I probably compare myself to other back rowers a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, stats wise, um, in Irish ones or in, in Leinster particularly, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, just with just within yeah. within Leinster, I, I wouldn't I look outside that. You know, uh, I, I was even this morning I was looking at the the, the clips and I saw that uh, James Ryan, I think he had twenty two carries. Mm. You had 18 or something, did you? No, I had 18 tackles. 18 tackles. But I only had 12 carries. And I was like, he's the second round. He's got 10 more carries than me. I'm like, that, I, I, you know, obviously he's tight, carrying more in the tight and stuff. I'm probably mm. in the wider challenge a bit. But like, you know, you know, I want to be up there with him. I want to be making that kind of an impact. I want to be, you know, adding that much value to the team and the lads. Um, and then, you know, obviously defensively, you're like, you always don't want to be missing any tackles. And I looked, I think I missed... I think I missed two tackles. I'm like, right, that's not good enough. And then, you know, we did the review earlier and I saw that it was just a small thing. Of, I think it was Aki who, you know, did a switch with someone and then he comes back across the other side of the rook. Mm. And I just 
hadn't pushed up far enough. Mm -hmm. So you know when someone's running yeah, past yeah, you yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know yeah. his momentum's going across and you're trying to go it's up. And the tendency is to link first. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's a hard one to get. I remember Gordon Darcy gave me unbelievable advice on that one about like how you position your shoulders for it. So always, so like he was really, because well obviously look, he was also a, you know, fairly, he was, what's the correct way of wording? He's a pretty small guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. close to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, politi a politically correct way to say this, but he was, he had such a low center of gravity, he could change on a sixpence. So like he yeah. was always really well, but he was great. Like I, I, he was a guy I sought out for, definitely advice on how to get myself in, in really good positions to make tackles all the time. But, it's a different game as a forward, as particularly as a back row or a second row, because you're just there's parts, huge parts of the game where you're just you're pushing, you're shoving in scrums, in malls, wherever it may be. So you're just you are surviving, and you're mm -hmm. just trying to make sure you're in good positions all the time, so you can lessen the workload. You don't have to react to Cheslin and Kobe coming in through a hole, going dum -dum in like you know a, a quick little sidestep, and you're in you know you're yeah. in big trouble. So it is an interesting one. Is there? So, like, and can I ask you just about the the coaching staff? Who's been who's been really great for your game since it come in? I I think Stewart seems to have a massive impact. Is he had an impact individually, or is there anyone else like Leo or anyone else in the coaching staff who you said, you know what, that my game has come on massively under that coach? Um, yeah, like I think Stewart is just I think he's an incredible coach. Mm -hmm. um, I think the freedom and the license he gives us to go out there and play. I think the style that he wants to play and the vein he wants to play the game really suits myself and a lot of lads as, mm -hmm. as, as a rule player. Um, you know, he, the kind of free-flowing nature of uh, Leinster rugby, that it's, it's structured to a point, you know, two or three phases or even maybe just two phases of set-piece and then it's just general shape and the way we train throughout the week is he pushes us incredibly hard you know i'm sure you've heard it this mm. tuesdays that the lads talk about where you know he'll pride himself on on, on a tuesday afternoon like oh get the oxygen tanks out uh i'm gonna push this today and, and he goes out and he works this unbelievably hard nearly to the point where it's easier in the game because the the uh, obviously contact wise it's not there it's, mm. it's not on the same level as a game but meters wise you're going to be running more during the week at a, probably a higher tempo than you would be on a game day mm. uh, because obviously collisions sort of yeah, slow it down yeah. where we're not bashing the life out of each other Monday to Friday um, so I feel like that kind of open you know kind of high meter high tempo game has really suited me and um, kind of that freedom as well uh, I, I think it has added massive value to the way I play and um, I think he's been huge for me personally and of course Leinster Rugby and on the coaching staff I guess they had a, a kind of a tricky enough job after the Six Nations with the players coming back in because obviously with Ireland it had been a bit of a struggle for the, for like two months and you know Leinster had been playing so well before that you know to, to get the guys confidence back up did they do anything did they talk to the players involved in the Ireland squad like yourself uh, or did they just kind of go as business as usual um, no we took a few of the learnings from, from the Six Nations and and then um, tried to look at ways that we could bring that into Lens rugby, and, and then, but we we turned the page so quickly because you know, Lucas, you know, it's it's oh. you might worry about it on, on Monday, but then there's a game on Saturday you got to prep for, so there's not a whole lot of time to kind of be feeling sorry for yourself, being like, oh, we didn't perform the way we liked uh, at times during the Six Nations. Uh, we, we've got Ulster in in two weeks in a quarter final, and uh, I, I, we had a game the week before that as well, like where some of the lads featured. So. There wasn't too much of, um, you know, sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. It was about turning the page again, back into Leinster rugby and making sure that we were all, we'd kind of 
regelled with the rest of the group and that there was uh, you know symmetry there and confidence with coming back into the system so uh, yeah it, 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 it turns the page pretty quickly in terms of the the, the system and uh, like I think a key part for you and I, I've, I've taught this about you since since you came in there's just it's never going to be a lack of ability with you it's just whether you can get a good flow of games together you know do you feel like because I feel like you've had a difficult enough journey so far injury wise and like you know I, I think it's all ahead of you if you can just keep playing have you figured out like a lot about your body in the last kind of two three years because it seems like you're getting a bit more momentum through now it's it, it's an attritional position eight um, so there are always going to be a few knocks here and there but do you feel like you're in a good position to because obviously we're all thinking we're supporters and we're all thinking World Cup. I'm sure you are too. Uh, I know there's a lot of rugby to be played before that, but how do you feel positioned to, you know, get that momentum, finish off the season without getting an injury? Look, oh, you can't, you know, look, Lady Luck is, is there as well. But just apart from that, have you figured out a good bit about yourself at this Yeah, stage? I think, you know, when I first started playing, uh, you know, I had one really good season where I featured, I think, 20 times for Lancer was kind of my first, uh, you know, season playing, actually playing, you know, mm. compared to, I think I had a cap or two beforehand where I was kind of very much in and out. Uh, and then I, I kind of played a lot more. And um, I think going from not playing, well, obviously when you're younger and then you come in and play at such a high intensity and such a high level, your body, my body didn't handle it very well. Anyway, uh, I tried. I was putting on a lot of weight, doing a lot of lifting more than obviously I was doing previous years. You know, I had several ankle injuries, um, which I think, and this isn't science. This is just my personal opinion mm. on it, that. It was just going from like a lighter load when you're at like under twenty or even in the academy, mm. and then you go to training with the seniors the whole time and 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 playing more consistently. And I just don't think my body adjusted very quickly to it so I had a lot of niggles I had a lot of operations um, with my ankles and took me I pretty much missed uh, pretty much a season it was the year we played Connacht in the final I got back for the final but I'd you know three ankle operations within that that, that season I'd missed pretty much from October the second round of uh, Europe I pulled out that week I think it was Wasps uh, I pulled out and then I came back for one game against Cardiff over there uh, played 60 minutes and then came off and went for another operation and then came back and I think I played the last three games of the year so I think all in all I had about six caps so you know uh, it, it took a while I I think in, in, at that stage when I was injured I was like I'm going to take this opportunity to put on a lot of muscle and get quite big and uh, and one stage I think it was like 118 kilos and I came <laughs> back and that was that Cardiff game and I was like I'm, I can't run here I, yeah. I'm a gym monkey for the last three months and <laughs> I can't run. I, I, like Nick I, Williams or someone like that. Yeah, you know, I, I was like, I, I, I don't need to be this weight uh, to run around the place and be an effective number eight. Uh, I, so I kind of scaled it back and realised, you know, I, that's not for me. I can't play. I can't function at the level I'm needed to at that weight. So I think it does, it, it took me a few injuries and uh, probably a bit of maturity as well. Uh, you know, now I've been fortunate enough the last few months, you know, touch wood to, to kind of remain injury free. And, you know, as you know, that's the most important thing is we play because you, you can't get picked if you're, if, if you're not at the, out there in the paddock every day. So uh, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, stay on top of my rehab. I've had little niggles, shoulders, even my knee last year was at me for a while. Uh, you know, a bit of a, uh, an ab thing that was at me, but it's, you know, staying on top of the rehab during the week and sometimes maybe negating doing a weight session because you need to just do that extra half an hour of rehab or coming in at seven to to take that box to make sure that you can you know 
be fully firing for pitch at, at two o'clock. So um, yeah, it's just I suppose I've learned the importance of recovery and of probably rehab and prehab and and and, and also what goes into my body as well. Yeah, and d- just on that, what goes into your body? I've read a good interview with you a, few, a while back uh, talking about your kind of transition towards being a semi-vegetarian. I don't uh, know. How to, yeah, well, I, you're not one of them. I don't you? eat. I don't <laughs> eat. I, w- I wouldn't eat. Uh, I'm not going to say any, a whole lot, red meat, white meat, anything like that. Uh, really? Yeah, I'd say probably... Do you, like, do you know what I mean? Chris if I re- Morning's a vegan. You, don't, you shouldn't be doing what he's doing. No, anyway. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of slowly introduced it into my diet about two years ago. Um, I, I, you know, it's probably a mental thing more than mm. anything else. But, you know, it's such a short career, why not... If that give, if you feel like gives you an extra five percent, ten percent, you know. It's what do you feel like the differences? Like the differences are in the change. Do you feel a bit like more energy? Do you feel like less stodgy? Like what is it? Uh, when I first did it, definitely way more. I felt like I had way more energy. Uh, I felt like I was able to recover better. Oh. Uh, with regards to like inflammation and stuff, uh, I felt like I was able to play a game, and then you know the next day, be, feel way better. Maybe that's just mental. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that that's a factual thing or, or there's a science behind it. But personally, for me, yeah. I was eating really well. I was conscious of what was going into my body. And uh, I felt like that was giving me a bit of an edge recovery-wise. And, you know, it, it, it's worked and it is working now, I feel. So it's something I'm... Uh, so, decided not to change. What do you, what do you eat? Forgive my ignorance. So I, do I, eat, I, do eat a, I do eat a bit of fish, yeah. but I predominantly would eat vegetables. But for rugby players, do they not need like? Yeah. So well, I so the first the first I I started doing it and I just thought, yeah, you know, I'll just cut out red meat and thing, and I'll be grand. I end up dropping a lot of muscle, mm-hmm. and uh, that's grand until, and Luke will tell you when you have a dex on Monday morning and you're fear up to the absolute nines <laughs> because you're going in mine was for different reasons <laughs> <laughs> and you're like oh my god why am I down four kilos here or something you know yeah. that was just not being conscious uh, and probably there's not an adjustment being, period with all those things 100% not being aware that. of the needs uh, what, my, what my body actually needed in regards to how much protein and stuff I actually needed so uh, it's not an easy thing to, I was trying to not eat a whole lot of fish either but then I found it actually just the amount of vegetables you just have to eat to get that amount of protein and shakes and stuff <laughs> it's a lot there's yeah. protein shakes and vegetables yeah it's a lot, a lot and I'm not saying it can't be done it definitely can be done yeah. but I'm probably just not diligent enough in the kitchen and around it to do that so I added a That's bit a more big f- lift I, I, to be doing like I, like most guys and I don't know if you're like some people you know you watch it and you see it in rugby teams for years and years and there's guys who just are undersized you're, you don't fall into the category but there's some people who just have to eat and eat mm. and eat like they're blown up like like you're, you're watching them after training after fitness and they're like just trying to force get feeding. off it is yeah. like force feeding just to try and keep the weight on yeah. so you don't strike me as one of those guys no. but it is just there's like a big adjustment period with those things I would say absolutely um, and it, it was a big learning curve you know yeah. um, so probably got like wrong so the first few months I felt great uh, and uh, you know it, it was really benefiting it was brilliant but then six months down the line I kind of got checked and I'd actually lost a, a bit of muscle and I was mm-hmm. like you know 
obviously, you know, it's tough during the season the lift to be lifting as much as compared to preseason mm-hmm. when you're doing like four or five weight sessions a week and you're just, you know, Monday to Friday focused, you don't have a game to worry about. But I kind of dropped off and obviously I need to be like, well, I, personally I want to be between that kind of like 109, 112 kilos where I feel like, I, you know, I'm strong and powerful and, you know, uh, I, I can dominate collisions and that's in around the weight that I needed to be. So I kind of dropped off a little bit and got down to about 106, 107. So I was like, right, something needs to be done here. So, you know, I had conversations with our nutrition and stuff and my girlfriend's a dietitian as well so she obviously handy, uh, is handy, very, uh, very on the ball when it comes to all this and sh- she was always saying you need to eat more you need to eat more and I was like oh it'd be grand it'd be grand uh, long behold she was right and uh, you're getting the opposite conversations to me and my girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah she always on my back to eat more so uh, yeah. she's, no, she's right though so um, you know I think I've got the balance of it right and I'm aware of what the requirements that I need to, to, to get the best out of myself and when you're doing something like this do you have to go in and like ask permission in Leinster like, or can you not just go and say here I, I want to do this by no you can, you can you're going to probably cop a lot of flack for it like I think the lads get cold crack out of it think it's hilarious you know but because uh, if you're in any way different in there you're kind of ridiculed you, know? you got the likes of church and like you know who'd, who'd barbecue his breakfast if you could like you know what I mean just mad for barbecue and the lads love going for steaks and so on so I'm so when you're when you're kind of like oh now it's not for me like the lads think it's cool crack and stuff so but you know it's it's all good natured and in terms of sorry just in terms of the 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 mental side of the game so you know it's obviously it's a, it's probably the key differentiator we've talked about the you know getting yourself ready figuring out a bit more about your body the change in the diet um, what do you do on the mental side of it because I've from what I can see and it's, it's from a distance at this point but it seems like you've grown a huge amount in in the last couple of years and you've come on massively in terms of mental strength, you know, if you like, I think in, in years gone by, and I was I was guilty of this myself, but you that might have say, for example, that incident you're talking about where, you know, Leinster scored try, but you know you've dipped the shoulder, and the ref said, oh, he's and he's taking it back. How do you recover from those those moments? Because I I feel like you that doesn't affect you anymore. I feel like you're, and there's a few guys. James Ryan's a bit like that as well, but you just don't. You seem to just keep going. Like, yeah, and it doesn't need to affect you. Is there have you any techniques or is there anything you do to prepare yourself mentally for um, the game? That's, yeah, I, I think that's definitely something I did. I 100% struggled with it when I first started off. And uh, I probably, made, I've made a mistake. I'd go in on myself and probably then not try to get on the ball in fear of making another mistake or, you know, um, just not being as myself. present in the yeah. game because I'd made a mistake. And then taking me more, it takes me a lot longer to get back into the game. And I thought people were quite critical of me at times saying, you know, he comes in and out of games. And they were right, to be fair to them. And, um, at the moment, I think. I, I, you know, I, I think I've just I've had so many conversations with different coaches who who said, you know, we need more out of you, we need more out of you, mm. and um, you know, I think I, I personally looked inward and I looked at my game uh, and I tried to not have this kind of, you know, personal bias towards it. I tried to look at as I put my coach's hat on, look at him, and be like. Right, look at this lad as a player. What's he doing? What's he doing? Mm. And then I'm thinking, I was like, yeah, you know, he could be doing more. He could be doing more. So mm. I think it was probably after a, p- a few failings and a, a probably poor performances that I thought, you know, this isn't good enough. I, I need to be better. What do I need to do better? Uh, okay, I need to stay in the game more. I need to f- mentally be switched on for longer. So and, and I think it's like it's part of it was what I did was just I did more mental reps, more you know, looking at the game, visualization of, uh, you so know. Do you like to, so you use the visualization, so like, as in, so like, say during the week, like, are you picturing 
a play, a certain play where you're in a position and you're saying, okay, this is what it should look like. I want to prepare. I want. I don't want this to be a surprise when the picture actually shows up in the match. Are you? Are you? Yeah, a absolutely. to that. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's it's a real powerful tool and method to get yourself mentally prepared um, for the game. So, first is early on in the week. Obviously, you get your detail. You get your plays, and you know. All throughout the week, even myself, just you know, seeing myself doing it, doing it perfectly over and over again, you know, trying to block out those moments where, you know, say if you're carrying the ball off first phase, at times I'll see myself dropping the ball and I have to be like, no, okay, it's, you, that's not going to happen, you know, see yourself catching the ball, you, you, you know, you're bringing it to the gain line, it's going to be ten, it's going to tackle you, you know, you're going to, you know, dip your body weight into them, you're going to get through the contact, you know, and obviously sometimes you try to see best case scenario, you make a line break. But I think if you keep on picturing it, keep on, it's nearly muscle memory. So mm-hmm. when it happens in the game, it's not the first time you've seen it. So and then obviously early on, you do with all the plays. And then when it comes close to the game, I'll try to just visualize myself around the park doing different things, you know, tapping it going off the base if it's a, a free kick or a penalty, anything like that. Just seeing myself doing it, seeing myself carrying the ball uh, on defensively, seeing myself, you know, dominating collisions, putting in big hits. And then, uh, yeah, I just feel like it comes easier because it's nearly like you've done it before. Mentally, you've, you've seen yourself do it. Is it a big challenge for... Because I hear you talk about it and it's, it's, I, I, I 100% get there's so many players, um, you know, great players over the years who... They're just... There's different types, you know? Like, I think you look at, say, like a Sean O'Brien, I think it's very similar to yourself where... Um, you're a moments, you're like, and it's you're a moments person, and I always feel like like people like yourself, maybe because well, you're because you're such powerful athletes, you know. You're looking for like you say, so you had eleven carries in the weekend, but I bet you had eleven good ones, you know, like in a way where it's like, and, and I think sometimes you beat yourself up and you say I could be doing more, and you want to be doing more, but as a power player, like sometimes I'm not sure that that's actually the role. You want to get like what the, the key part for someone like you. Sometimes I always think from a distance and just haven't played the game was kind of to make sure they're they're kind of 12 really good ones or 11 yeah. really good ones because they're going to be imp- impactful like you're going to have like Reese Ruddock is a guy I think who's like 22 carries I think James Ryan is like 22 carries mm. and I think I'm looking at them and saying yeah they're, they're going to be someone's just going to be carrying one in they're, they're going to be the first guy around the corner but I look at you say like someone like yourself Keane Healy is another guy uh, Sean Cronin um, Sean O'Brien is another guy I feel like it's like 10 carries, but it's 10 carries where oh, there's nothing on and all of a sudden, boom, we're over the game line or we're on top of them. This guy's going to bust through maybe two or three guys. Do you feel like you're in that category? And is that like, I always think people like you always want, if you're critical of yourself and you sound like you are, which is great, I think, um, like, are, 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 you, are you playing into an area where it's dangerous for you? It's going away from your strength, do you think? Sometimes? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, is it better to have... 10 carries for 30 meters or 20 carries for 20 meters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah no. You know, is, are you is in, it more to be more impactful with your carries than make a lot of tackles, uh, a lot of carries where you're not making yourself. the gain line or, you know, yeah. getting the ball ends up slow because you get absolutely smashed. Uh, yeah. Um, is it understand your strength? I suppose like, in my head, if I'm like, I made 10 carries, I should have made 15. In my head, I'm like, I want five more 10 meters carries a carry. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. five more nothing carries. It's, I want bigger moments in the game, bigger carries, more of them. Yeah. 
I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's because I, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. It's feel like you're in a place where I saw you. So I get. I think you get it. I think you're yeah, saying. I do, I do, yeah. You know what your strength is. Like like James Ryan's probably going to have twenty two. He's just going to keep going. He's mm. going to like Paul O'Connell keep going. They're not going to be you know world beating carries, but they're really important for the team to just get get those ones. Reese Rudock, I think, is a guy like that as well. Um, but I feel like it sounds like you're, you've kind of got it. You're like, well, I don't think I'm going to be maybe there. I'd like to be there, but I think I'm probably going to be. Like if I can improve it, relatively speaking. So if I get so if I have eleven on the weekend, I get, I I can I know I can hit fifteen good ones. Is that where is? Do yeah, you feel like yeah. you are you in that place? Yeah. But you're hoping that they're going to be the real powerful ones that are going to really give a big lift to the team. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I I'm not chasing stats. Mm. You know, I'm not like you know trying to pad numbers where I'm like twenty carries, but twenty kind of nothing. Yeah, carries. yeah. I'm thinking I'm just I want to do more of what I do already. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. It's probably not there to do. 20, 25 times those kind of carries. Yeah. But, you know, can I work harder so I can do it even two or three more times, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. bring that more impact and get, win those more meters instead of just, you know, kind of waiting, waiting, you know, can I, yeah, can I just work harder? I think it's all about working harder. Mm. And uh, talk to us about, because it's like you're in a, I think you're in a real strong position now. You've got some really big games ahead of you. Um, in terms of Irish selection, has that been frustrating for you that you've kind of, You've had your big moments here and there, but like in terms of consistently getting into that jersey, and look, you have some great competition there. There's no doubt about that. But how do you feel like your position there, and has it been frustrating to a certain extent to maybe not get more opportunities? Uh, yeah, it has been. It has been frustrating. But again, there are no mugs. Like do you know what I mean? There's mm. it's a there's quality players in the back row around Ireland. Mm. Like what Shawnee, Pete, CJ, all lines. Mm. You know, so it's not like. Ah, I should be in one of that. Who's that lad? I should be in there ahead of him. You know, it's mm. it, the competition's unbelievably tough. I I thought originally, you know, after that kind of last test in Australia, where it was myself, Pete, and CJ, I was like, great. Do you know what I mean? This kind of shows that I can play. Do other lads can play, and you, you you know we can get a win and it can work. Um, so coming into November internationals, I thought I was in a really good position, and then obviously you know you've got Shawnee comes back from injury, and you know he's a quality player, and he, he he's done so much in the jersey that uh, I don't think he can be annoyed that he, he you know he gets in there and he plays and he, he obviously ends up getting injured and, and then Dan comes back fit and has the game mm. uh, he was great off the bench against Argentina and I was disappointed not to be involved in that first one out um, but you know yeah it, it's been frustrating at times but I can see why at times I haven't been picked mm-hmm. you know I can see why that back row of the three of us mm-hmm. uh, isn't picked because yeah it's probably not the most balanced back row in the world mm. Um but I think I've taken a lot of opportunities in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, obviously coming off the bench against France was massive for me uh, to prove that I can add an impact off the bench off the bench because I feel like that was criticism mm-hmm. uh, beforehand. Uh, so that was good. And then to get to build that bit of confidence. And I think every time you get the chance to play, uh, you build confidence with the coaches and they're more likely to pick you and you know I think that I would do next week against Wales again it was more the same so um, it's all about just taking opportunities and I think I've taken mine the last few months and I think I'm in the best position I've been in ever in my career uh, with regards to Ireland but you know as you said there's so much to play with play for mm-hmm. between now and then and you know the, the obviously the World Cup is something I'm massively driven towards and I'm you know it'd be an absolute dream country to go to uh, I was involved in, in the, the warm up uh, you were you, you were great actually. I remember you had a few great, uh, few great little touches. I was thinking, I was wondering, would you be a dark horse at the time? Yeah, I, uh, you know, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, you know, mm. I was kind of very lucky to even make it into the World Cup squad, to even that wider squad. And I did. You trained very well though. 
Yeah, and I was good, happy enough. Always look good in the gym. The numbers are always great in the gym, yeah. and then you were good on the pitch as well. So I was thinking, oh, I wonder would he just sneak in there? But there was it's experience. great learning there. It's great 100%. learning to be there, and it's yeah. nice coming into this uh, World Cup period that I have the experience, even though it didn't go. But I was in the, the build up zone, and you I know the hell you're in for. Be like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, I think the the, the outcome is the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So you know, not to be massively outcome focus it's to be process focused and to worry mm-hmm. about the process which is my performance with Lancer for the next few weeks the coming back into preseason fit and ready to go and making sure I'm not behind the eight ball and you know making sure that I'm not you know a bit out of shape or too out of shape you know obviously you're never going to be in great as Nick when you come back from preseason mm-hmm. or whatever else so you know I have to look after the small details between now and then and hopefully the outcome will look after itself and just to look at the next few weeks then obviously Lancer Saracen's mouth-watering Champions Cup final like for you, do, do you does it really matter to you who do you play in the final or like everyone else you know everyone's really looking forward to seeing probably the two best teams over the last three four seasons finally go head to head I know you played them last year but I think they were maybe missing a couple of guys it was in the Aviva this is a neutral venue it's kind of like sort of winner takes all to be the mantle of like the best team in Europe yeah absolutely it's going to be a hell of an 80 minutes like you know I do think the two best t- teams in Europe will be going at it in, in two weeks time and yeah they've got some play- I believe in Apollo didn't play um, last year, Jose was kind of there. There was he. He, he was, was playing, but I think he only just got back. But he only just got back. He was because he missed the Six Nations, didn't he? I think uh, Cruz was injured as well. They kind of had injury. No, no, wrong again. Wrong again. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I think they're missing a few guys for it. No, or they Billy was definitely back? not playing. No, I think Villapolo was their only guy who was really missing. Oh really? I think I think he's a talisman for now. I think yeah. they had only a few guys who were very who'd played very little rugby or something. There was I remember them thinking they looked they didn't look themselves. They were. Like, and like it was very unlike them. They got caught up. It was almost like in the bright lights. Like we really took. I thought like Leinster really took them apart in that game. It was uh, now we played very well, but in, I, I just never thought the, there was that much of a chasm between the teams because I thought that's what it looked like on the day. Mm. Um, that was a great performance. But uh, I think this would be a far different animal now, a far different beast. They look like they're playing really good rugby, and yeah, absolutely, must be exciting to come. Like it is. Those ones, like because if you win it, you're kind of thinking, well, look, you never win these things and think, oh, I don't, we didn't deserve it. But if you win this one, like it's, you've played all the class teams really to get there. I think. Well, like, what, what do you absolutely? You I think you have, you know, probably, you know, not to be cliched about it, to be the best, you have to beat the best, and I think mm-hmm. they are. They've definitely performing like they're the best one of the best sides in Europe uh, domestically they're you know fantastic in, in the English Premiership themselves and Exeter I think are really really just the cream of the crop and probably ahead of, ahead of every other team you know um, so it's going to be an incredibly tough 80 minutes they're a real power side you know to give it to the forwards and they rumble on they've got some serious athletes Benny Villapolo Mario Toje George Cruz Jamie George yeah. uh, Mako just back um, last week and he, shot, he showed his, his ball players, carry. he's so good for he's him, like an extra back row on the pitch you know so um, they have a lot of threats that we'll have to nullify on the day to, to make sure we get the outcome we want and for your own preparation like for games like this would you look at Billy Villapolo specifically and be like it's, it's up to me to stop you know their main man or, or to you know a player to get to win that battle um no, you know, it's actually, you know, I think someone asked Johnny the same question after the weekend about Owen Farrell, because, you know, hopefully all things go to plan, it'll be the two of them going at each other. And um, he's like, it's not really like you're going toe-to-toe with them because there's 14, you know, the lads, it's the same as myself, you know. I might get to tackle him once or twice if, if I'm selecting or I'm playing, if, you know, if we're both there. 
might be the odd time, but you know, it's not like a direct matchup that where Everton is against the other person. But you know, I think it's going to be everyone's job to make sure that they're they're on their toes and they're ready for him because I think he really really is a talisman for them. And uh, when he gets going forward, he's an extremely difficult man to stop because he has so many strings to his bow. Whether it's just powerful hard running or he's got you know deft touch with his hands as well. He's got incredible ball playing ability and he's got good feet, so he can really do it all. Um, and I think if we can get into him, it'll, it'll be it'll go a long way towards winning that game. And does the prospect of maybe being the most successful team in the history of the European Cup to get that fifth title, no one else has, has more than four, Leinster and Toulouse at the moment, is that anything that will be, is that a driver for the team too? Or is that just a bit of, you know, a nice historical little fact, but not really of relevance? Yeah, I think we won five stars. We, we absolutely want to be the first team to do. Um, you know, it's historic. Um, I think... That's not obviously our main focus and our main the driving point behind us, but it is definitely something we all have in the, the back of our heads. I think it cements us in a pretty special place uh, within European rugby history. Uh, if we go on and be the first team to do it, uh, especially to do it back-to-back is incredible and not something too many other sides have done. I know obviously Saracens have done it in recent times. So, um, yeah, it, it is definitely something that's in the back of our minds. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some some game, and hopefully the conditions uh, uh, allow it to be the spectacle that it that it possibly can be. You know, two really really good sides who who play probably contrasting brands of rugby, um, but both have a, a lot to show for themselves. And can I ask? We always try and get one question in about uh, stuff outside rugby because we've I think we've covered the rugby to <laughs> to death. But um, and we I've just really enjoyed listening to you. I've got to say, but. Just in terms of stuff outside of rugby, have you, you know, are you doing any study? Have you any little business things going on, or is there anything that you're focusing on that helps you get away from rugby? Um, uh, do a bit of studying. Uh, I think I'll be doing studying for the rest of my life. Ah, listen, uh, welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was probably I, I'm guilty of neglecting it when I was younger, uh, yeah. and probably not appreciating uh, how important it was because when I left school, I thought. Being a rugby player was the be all and end all of life. I thought it was ah, all I wanted. A fellow to do. idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, hello, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. So against same. my 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 mother's wishes and everyone else who kind of saw the world as this bigger place than the ODS and Leinster rugby, uh, I didn't put the emphasis on my studies that I should have, and uh, I, I I neglected it for a long time, and then you kind of get to probably 24, 25, and you're like, oh my God, I actually I can't do, do this. <laughs> I can't Forever. do this for the rest of my days. And what the hell am I going to do when I finish up? You know, And there's no there's no guarantee. I, you know, God forbid, and as you touch wood, I, I could play one more game and that could be me. You know, and, and that, that's the harsh reality of rugby. So uh, I think I think just, I, uh, maybe not a mid-life crisis, but like a, mid, <laughs> a mid-career, mid-career crisis. crisis. <laughs> and I was just sitting there one day and I was like, oh my God. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I went back to college and I'm studying part-time over in Griffith and doing an evening course. And I actually, I honestly dreaded it so much, but then I was like, you know, this actually gives my life a lot more balance and I really enjoy being able to completely be able to switch off from rugby when I'm not in the building. And, you know, it is a 24-hour, you know, seven days a week profession where you can't just leave, train and switch off. You've got to be so conscious of everything, you know, recovery, what you eat mm-hmm. and everything else as we've talked about. So uh, I, I felt like studying uh, still is a great kind of way to switch off from all that mm-hmm. and it does give my life a lot more balance. So I'm strangely, now I'm not currently doing a whole lot about it, but I sure, there's more to be doing, <laughs> but I actually am enjoying it. So it's, it's good. Because it is important to, to have something to, to help you get away from it all. So um, that is good to hear because I... <laughs> 
It took me. I'm still doing it now. Don't don't have don't put yourself in a position where you're like 31 and you're still studying. It's a disaster. But um, look, thanks a million for for coming on the show. Unless there's anything that that we well, covered every single <laughs> <studying laughs> I knew the vegetable thing <laughs> was going to come up. I was like, I'll do unbelievably well, well if that homework. doesn't come up. Today. <laughs> the homework part. No, but listen, thanks a million for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. We've been kind of. Uh, Kind of saving you up in the background because I, I well, obviously knowing you from from back uh, back when we played a few years together mm. um, when you were you were just a young pup then but I knew you're you're a good talker and good at articulating uh, your views on things so it's great to have you on and great to see you playing so well so hopefully you get a good run now without injury and uh, we finish the season strong and onto the World Cup so thanks a million again cheers, cheers Jack cheers, cheers Jack thanks, thanks very much cheers. that's all we have time for on the left wing this week thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with another podcast and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on iTunes SoundCloud or listen on independent.ie so until next week thank you for listening and goodbye <laughs>